The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illuminations. And at the same time, Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Dressed in this way, noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to the Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, Form is emptiness, emptiness also form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. All dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye dhatu, up to no mind dhatu, no dhatu of dharmas, no mind consciousness dhatu. No ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Paramita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awakened to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisattva. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, to train the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just in the and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. The one who said this, Venerable Shariputra, Noble the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, the whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, Asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Rahabha Lama Ibu Jinzi Ne 
Yeah. 
So previously, um, at the center, uh, years ago, we went over the topic of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, and that, uh, or mind generation. And that topic falls under the category of the stages of the path of the great vehicle, or teachings for beings of great capacity. Um, and then, uh, we also have gone over what produces that, and that is the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, um, and we went over um, uh, um, the various uh, different teachings that are shared in common within uh, that scope. But in order for the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity to be produced, it's necessary to have the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity. And it's for this reason that we'll be going back to the beginning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment to deal with the topic of the teachings for beings of small capacity because that is what produces the, the latter uh, capacities. Um, so it's for this reason that we will be going back. Okay. I just I didn't know if I had forgotten to say something, so uh, I asked Rinpoche if the, I, he had said the four, you know, teaching on the Four Noble Truths when he mentioned the section on the medium capacity. <coughs> he said that it's one and the, they're synonymous, they're one and the same. If it is the teachings on medium capacity, then it would be the Four Noble Truths. So that's what, what uh, was contained within the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. <laughs> So going uh, to the beginning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we first recognize that the text itself is actually a commentary on Lord Atisha's text called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. 
so then, uh, if we go after the expression of worship or the prologue, the homage section, uh, then we get into various points about uh, the text, the lamp for the path to enlightenment. And the first point that is made in the great treatise on the stages of the path uh, to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa about the text, the lamp for the path to enlightenment, is that it encompasses or contains the key points of all the conqueror's scriptures. Uh, so all of the teachings, uh, uh, sutra, tantra, hinayana, mahayana, are expressed or are contained within uh, this text called the lamp for the path to enlightenment. <laughs> And not, not only are all of the uh, teachings of the conqueror or of Buddha summarized within the text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, also all of the contents of the commentators who are called the two great trailblazers are contained. Uh, the commentaries uh, uh, written by Lord Asanga, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, yes, Lord Asanga, and uh, the Master Nagarjuna. So uh, these uh, two great trailblazers' commentaries are also uh, said to be contained within the text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. Um, and this is also, because it is a great vehicle, practice. Um, it is also a practice which will lead one to the ground of the Buddha. It will lead one to the achievement of the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions, as well as the abandonment of the obstructions to omniscience. So it is therefore a uh, practice that leads one uh, to omniscience. So it says they are the system for supreme beings progressing to the state of omniscience because it is a great vehicle teaching and therefore it leads one to Buddhahood by abandoning the abandonments which keep one from it. And then it fully comprises all the stages of uh, practice by the three types of persons. So there is nothing left out of the teachings for that are shared in common with beings of small capacity. There, uh, there is nothing left out of the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. Uh, and there is nothing left out of the teachings for beings of great capacity. So there has been nothing... Uh, uh, it, it fully comprises all of these stages of the path for these three types of beings. So if we look at what the meaning of the uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment is, we would say that, that this, these points are what the lamp means. Uh, so this is the, because this is the content of that, this therefore becomes the content of this text, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, because it is a commentary on that text, uh, Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment by Lord Atisha. 
Tatça bu sadece ki çocuk ama düşerine tat son düşerimiz be. Ne soğuk döner karnı dönür çibi mazirin bak. Ne mu bak karnı taban duyuyorlarım. Anne şişi cibata raccinin karnı sadece ki sandıya. So if we were to summarize all of Buddha's teachings, we would uh, be able to summarize or put them into three categories. We could show those teachings uh, which uh, are stages of the path which allow a being to abandon the lower realms of rebirth of the hell-hungry ghost and animal and able to achieve the higher realms of rebirth of the human uh, um, gods and demigods. So the, the first... Uh, that's the first um, uh, um, set. The second set shows one how to abandon the afflictions uh, to achieve the state of liberation. Uh, so the stages of the path which allow one to achieve the, that state. And then the stages of the path which show one how to abandon both the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience to achieve Buddhahood. So all of Buddha's teachings can be put into those three categories. What is that? That is だだびて、ちょっと待ちばらと感じるわね。あの、さじじじ、ジェルジサジジ、ジマルバ、サジジ。あ、ちゃんと乱じてみ、ちらじ、ちょこんとまってみじんじゃばびちゃわ。うん。
So in the first section, I also, the greatness of the, the teachings offer, author also is that the teachings on the stage of the path for beings of three capacities, um, I'm just being more specific, comes from this noble origin of Indian origin. Uh, so I just I had that written down, Rimache said that, and I didn't want to omit that. The next is showing the greatness of the teaching in order to engender respect for the instructions. Uh, so this is showing the greatness of the teaching on the stages of the path for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. And then there's many excellent qualities of these teachings that we'll get into uh, later on in the text. We'll find the, the many uh, benefits and many um, excellent qualities that will all be described uh, later on. Um, so, but uh, in the summary, uh, the teachings for beings of small, medium, and great capacity um, um, uh, uh, are the teachings, and they lead beings to those uh, um, different higher states. Um, so this, and then the benefits and excellent qualities will be explained later. So it's very similar to if one knows there is a medicine that's very good for some, or very beneficial, then one will take it because of knowing it's good for them or beneficial. Likewise, one then uh, um, uh, engenders respect for the instructions by recognizing the uh, uh, what the Dharma can do, or what the, the teachings, it says teachings, but really chu, chu, what Dharma, what Dharma uh, can do. So it's looking at it in, in, in those terms, the same way we would look at a good medicine and its benefits. Uh, uh, the teachings become like, the, the instructions become like the medicine, uh, and then the benefits are explained in a similar way. So the third is uh, how should to listen to and explain the teachings, uh, and then first is what the student should be doing, how he or she should be listening to a teaching, um, and then what the, how the teacher uh, uh, should be conducting him or herself. So uh, this gets into that. Um, so then the next is how to lead the students uh, uh, how to lead students with the actual instructions um, and then the actual instructions refer to uh, the teachings uh, for beings of small, medium, and great capacity. Um, so uh, here it's to understand there are three kinds of persons because of their small, middle, and, and supreme capacities. I shall write clearly distinguishing their individual characteristics. That's quoted from The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment by Lord Atisha. Uh, so the actual instructions refer to the instructions for uh, three kinds of persons, uh, small, medium, uh, and supreme. <laughs> If we look at the great uh, text called The Lamp of the Path to Enlightenment, then we'll see that it uh, really encompasses all the meanings of Matraya's text, The Ornament for Clear Realization. So 
that the contents of the lamp are really uh, the contents of a uh, Machaya's text, the uh, Abhisama Alamkara. そのままにレポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。レポートをやってるんですよ。
two specific categories about um, excellent qualities. First, how he gained his um, uh, scriptural excellent qualities of scriptural doctrine. Let me I'll see what they wrote. How, knowing many texts, he gained the good qualities of scriptural knowledge. Um, and then second, how engaging in proper practice he gained the good qualities ex of experiential knowledge. So, um, how Atish, Lord Atisha gained his scriptural and realizational dharmas. Uh, so, if we look at the two uh, different categories of dharma, we have the scriptural dharma uh, and the excellent qualities of the scriptural dharma. Uh, and then the realizational dharma, so sometimes called scriptural and realizational doctrine. Um, so these are the two categories. So now we'll see how, how those qualities were gained. Um, so now beginning with the scriptural knowledge, or the uh, 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 scriptural doctrine, uh, how he gained his excellent qualities relative to that. So um, it begins with that of the two parts, scriptural um, doctrine, or scriptural dharma, and then realizational dharma, or doctrine, uh, and then we first begin with scriptural. And then it goes back to Natsu's 80 verses of praise, where it says, at the age of 21, he had mastered the 64 arts. And before we went through many different categories, uh, I might miss one or two, but the archery, uh, different types of painting and art, and... Uh, um, uh, <coughs> I might remember one or two. There was two other ones. All forms of crafts, and here crafts refer to um, construction, again, as we, uh, last week, uh, crafts like building houses and so forth. The Sanskrit language, and then here it's translated as all philosophy. It's really specifically referring to tsema. It says tsema gun. Tsema is valid cognition, and it's a category of, 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 of philosophy. Um, so it's really specific to tsema. Uh, so, uh, to valid cognition, um, um, or and in parentheses, just translator's note, that's the logic and reasoning, Dharmakirti and Dignaga's text. So, Sema is referring to that. Um, it, it isn't all philosophy, it's being more specific in the, in the Tibetan. Um, as it states, uh, so Semananda is the Ramanavartika Karika, the compendium to. So Rinpoche is saying specifically uh, the Ramanavartika uh, Karika, the Dharmakirti's compendium to valid cognition. Um, so and it says, as it states here, by the time he was 21, he became a full-fledged scholar after training in the topics of knowledge common to Buddhists and non-Buddhists, the four knowledges of grammar. Uh, so, uh, Sanskrit uh, grammar, Rinpoche said, uh, logic um, and analysis, or analysis, the crafts here again, construction, uh, building houses and so forth, and then lastly, uh, medicine, medicine, uh, and then the, uh, of, you know, the different medicines and so forth. So those four, um, he, uh, by the age of 21, had become a full-fledged full scholar. Mm. Uh, Atisha even understood medicine, like uh, what the doctor has, understands the nature of medicine. Atisha understood it in this same way, in, that, in this way, like a doctor. Atisha Mm -hmm. 
So in uh, there's this, in Tibet when Atisha came to Tibet there was a, a problem with leprosy um, and leprosy uh, where uh, people's limbs begin to fall off is an, and it's a very contagious disease and it was being spread uh, very rapidly rapidly um, because it was contagious and in, in, the, in the stories of when Atisha came to Tibet he was able to cure uh, many um, people of their leprosy so we find um, and within the excellent qualities of Lord Atisha, we find uh, this uh, um, particular fact that in Tibet he was able to come and, and help uh, the lepers, the leprosy, because leprosy is sp ring, uh, spreads very easily. <laughs> Uh, we say that maybe medicine was given uh, to make this happen, but then also through the force of the giving and taking <coughs> practice and tantric uh, practices, he also would be able to uh, have some power to, of, of curing. Uh, so bo both of these together, the medicine, and then Rinpoche mentioned Tonglen, and the giving and taking practice, and, the, and then the tantric practices were also utilized. So the, in, a, in Tibet, we look at uh, Atisha as the second Nagarjuna, uh, the, or Nagarjuna number two. Because he was able to help many people with different uh, um, diseases. So then uh, it says more specifically, the great Drolongpa uh, said at, that at the age 15, after hearing Dharmakirti's drop of reasoning, uh, this is one of the um, uh, valid cognition te texts, uh, uh, drop of reasoning, uh, one, one only once. Uh, so he heard this text one time uh, and then debated with a famous scholar, a non-Buddhist logician, uh, and Atish, uh, and defeated him, whereby his fr uh, fame spread everywhere. So Atisha became very famous uh, because by only hearing <coughs> this text by Dharmakirti, drop of reasoning one time, he was able to negate the views of this uh, very famous, uh, learned non-Buddhist master. So his, he became very famous everywhere at the age of 15 for this. <laughs> It says this is the different kind of person because at 15 years old usually kids play around. So at the age of 15 he caused difficulty for a non-Buddhist uh, scholar, master.
at the age of 15. Let's see. <laughs> Sans then he received complete initiation uh, from the Guru uh, Rahula Gupta, Lord of Contemplation of the Black Mountain Temple, who had a vision of glorious Havadra and had pre received prophecies from Vajra Dakini. He was given the secret name Yana Goya Vajra by training through his 29th year in Vajrayana with many Gurus had, who had achieved spiritual attainments. Uh, he became skilled in all the tantric texts um, and instructions. And when the thought occurred to him, I am alone, I, I alone am skilled in the mantra vehicle. His pride was subdued by Dakinis in a dream showing him many volumes of mantra path that he had not seen before. Um, so, uh, Atisha uh, studied and became very learned in the tantric teachings um, and uh, received many different initiations and so forth from Rahula and, and then had this thought that he alone was the only one who knew of Tantra, who understood or held these Tantric teachings. And then he had a dream where he was shown many different texts, um, and this actually made his pride lessen, uh, because he realized there was more to learn, uh, that there were volumes of mantra path that he had not seen before. So his pride then was subdued. <laughs> ま、<音><音><音><音><音><音> Then his gurus and chosen deities, either in person or in dreams, urged him to become a monk, saying that if he did so, it would benefit vastly the teachings in many beings. Upon their urging, he became a monk, receiving ordination from an adept who had attained a meditative concentration in which he engaged reality from one perspective, having reached the path of preparation. So it says um, that uh, at at this time, uh, in, uh, his, his teachers and his personal, the chosen deities, um, and then even uh, um, in dreams, the deities would come to him. So either in person, the deities would come to him, 
or in dreams. Uh, and the, the, all of the beings concurred that Atisha would be able to benefit uh, the teachings greatly, um, uh, uh, help the Buddhist doctrine to be spread greatly, um, and also be very beneficial to other sentient beings if he took on full ordination. Um, so after um, being um, entreated uh, by the, uh, his uh, teachers and various deities, he uh, took the full ordination. So there are four different, if we look at, okay, where are we? Uh, it says, um, the abbot was a Maha Samgika elder, a great upholder of the text on discipline called Silaraksita. Um, uh, and, uh, and it says, as it states in Natsos 80 verses of praise, your abbot was renowned by all of us as having gained the path of preparation. Furthermore, Atisha was uh, given the name of Sri Dipam Karajana. So there, if we look at the Great Exposition School, uh, among the four tenet systems, the first is the Sheda Mawa, uh, Great Exposition School. Uh, there are 18 schools, but we can take the 18 schools and divide them into four main schools. Uh, we can divide them into the, the Mahasamgikas, uh, which are um, called, they're Gendenpel, they're called set this because most of the monks uh, at that time um, uh, followed this, this rule of conduct. So most of the monks gravitated towards the Mahasamgika view. Uh, so uh, it'd be like the Gendun, yeah, the spiritual community. Uh, but anyway, and then the, so this is the Mahasamgika. The second is Thari, Thaviras, uh, Nedemba. Um, and this is the uh, um, uh, a 
uh, divisions uh, which um, we find in Thailand now uh, where a full ordination you can see is okay to be given at one year old, seven years old, uh, right at the time of death. So there's a difference in view uh, um, in this particular, uh, the Nedemba school. And then the Samitayas uh, um, is the th a third school. Rinpoche didn't give really any commentary on. Um, and then the, uh, the Shrav, Shra I'm sorry, uh, wait a second. Yeah, and then the Shrav, Sarva Stivadins, uh, who are the proponents of, of, of true existence, Tamshe uh, Yoba, the, the proponents of true existence. Um, so when Atisha came to Tibet, um, and the Tibetans asked, you know, there's 18 schools, this is very difficult uh, to figure out what the Vabashika system really means. Atisha said to just focus on the, pro the proponents of existence of all, which are the Sarva Stivadins, because this really encompasses the view of the, that will follow in Tibet and the, and the disciplines that we will follow in Tibet. And that does, Rinpoche said, differ a little bit from the, the Thar the Thaviras, uh, uh, which is more in the Thailand tradition. So, it, it, and this translator's note, there are uh, great debates if you read the Tenet's texts about all of these divisions. So this is not a very simplistic breakdown. There's many different charts and breakdowns as to how to divide these schools. So um, it's, it's an extensive uh, analysis that will have to take place to kind of extrapolate these details. But it's it's there in English. So there are all there are these four different divisions that we can find, uh, or four root divisions of the Great Exposition School. Um, and the, the differences that we find in them, the four divisions of the Mahasamgika, the Thraviras, the Samitayas, and the Sarva Tivadins. I'm sorry, my Sanskrit's not up. Um, but the, um, these four different schools uh, have differences in uh, the activities of the, uh, um, of the monks, the outer robes, um, some. Uh, as far as wearing the chuku, the, the yellow outer robe only, or wearing it uh, um, 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 as an outer robe. So there's differences in uh, some of the details um, in these specific uh, four different, uh, almost like value systems, or four different uh, sets of views. <laughs> So if we look, though, really at the Great Exposition School, there are 18 sub-schools, and all 18 have differences. But if we want to summarize it or, or make it into a smaller way, then we would say four. 
But all of them have differences within them, but we say that they are all uh, um, tenets that were expressed by the Buddha. They are all tenets. All of these differences were expressed by the Buddha. So the previous Buddha, I, I, I think um, Kashapa, uh, during this time, uh, there was a king uh, who had a dream. And he had a dream that there were um, uh, 18 people uh, fighting over a piece of cloth. Um, and uh, he thought that this was some sort of bad sign. Uh, so he went to the, the previous Buddha, Kashapa, and said, is this a bad sign? Is something wrong? Uh, I've had this dream of these 18 people who were, uh, there's more to the story, but 18 people who were struggling over this piece of cloth. Um, and he said, no, this is a sign that uh, in the future, the Buddha Shakyamuni will come. And during the time of his teachings, there will be a school called the Great Exposition School. And there will be 18 sub-schools of the Great Exposition School. So this is what is meant by your dream. What the Bajiji Nalu Madayuare, Trutama Jibit Nalu Madayuare, Kamalu Sanjibu Trutaris. So the 18 sub-schools have different views. The four tenet systems, among them all, have different views. But we say that all of them are the views expressed by Lord Buddha. So then if we look in this way, and then we look at other religious traditions like Christianity and Hinduism, we'd say that then they are all similar as well. Uh, so very similar to uh, what is expressed by Nampa Sanjeevi Dutam, the tenets expressed by Lord Buddha. So here it says, uh, now we see we have uh, the different monastic universities. We have the um, Sarah Monastic University, but Sarah has Sarah May and Sarah J. 
We have Drepung Monastic University. Drepung has Drepung Gomang and Drepung Lo Saling, and also Rato, translator's note. So we have these different uh, universities, um, and it's very similar. In Atisha's time, where there were these different universities, so Atisha took uh, his uh, um, his his ordination from an abbot who was a Mahasamgika elder, who was uh, this particular sect. So when we say sect or Mahasamgika elder, it's just similar to uh, the different universities or differences today. It's just showing that that's the specific uh, um, 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 elder or abbot of um, the university that he belonged to that gave him his ordination. So because he was an abbot, it means he's the abbot of a, of a monastery. Uh, and uh, that particular monastery was a Mahasamgika monastery. So Rinpoche compared it to Sarame, J, Drepung Gomang, Losaling. But even though Atisha was ordained in the Mahasamgika tradition, uh, which is a great exposition school, uh, we don't say that uh, Lord Atisha is the follower of the great exposition because he's clearly a follower of the middle way consequence school. Okay, I see. Less so. 
Okay, so here it says, uh, going back, upon their urging, he, there, he became a monk receiving ordination from an abbot who attained uh, uh, a meditative concentration in which he engaged reality from one perspective, having reached the path of preparation. Um, and, and then, so just going back to that, uh, because then it says, this abbot was called Sealer uh, Laraksita, as it states in Natsu's 80 verses of praise, your abbot was renowned by all of us as having attained the path of preparation. Furthermore, Atisha was giving the name Sri Dipamkarijana. Now, the meditative uh, uh, path of preparation, what is being referred to here, and the path of preparation, there are four different categories. Uh, the heat, uh, peak, patience, and the um, uh, last mundane state of existence. Heat, peak, patience, last mundane state. So, in order to achieve those states in the path of preparation, one has uh, single-pointed concentration, which is in union with special insight. And the objects of observation in this particular case, you know, for one who has achieved the path of preparation, is the absence of true establishment of the object and then the object possessor. The object possessor being the mind, what is possessing or apprehending the object, and then the object itself. And when we look at object, it could be uh, forms or colors or shapes or whatever the object is, and then the object possessor. Um, so when one recognizes uh, the, through a union of the calm abiding or single-pointed concentration um, and special in, uh, insight, the lack of true establishment of object and object possessor, then one has reached the, this uh, um, path of preparation. So um, this, this uh, recognition is uh, achieved through analysis and special insight. So this union of calm abiding and special insight. So here it says from one perspective, that means uh, from the uh, um, single pointed um, and uh, uh, gaining, uh, the, and because it's the path of preparation, it means that special insight was achieved. Uh, so there's a union of this single pointed concentration and special insight and the object of observation at the path of preparation is the lack of true establishment of object and object possessor because they dependently originate. Okay, so as one goes through the various stages of the path of preparation, uh, so it says here the elder achieved this path of preparation, um, and that's realizing here they're using uh, reality uh, as the word. Um, uh, so reality or the mode of, of subsistence, there's so many ways to translate this. So uh, engaging in reality is engaging in the... Reality is the lack of true establishment. So 
uh, however one wishes, the mode of existence. Right? Uh, so uh, these four different levels of the path of preparation, the uh, heat, peak, patience, and the last mundane state um, are points in which one realizes higher, higher, higher and higher forms of special insight relative to the object of observation, which in this case is the lack of true establishment of object and object possessor. So this emptiness of object and object possessor um, becomes realized at a higher and higher, in a higher and higher or, or more yeah, a higher form of special insight as one tr uh, goes through these four stages. Um, so the single-pointed concentration is in union with this, this wisdom that increases more and more and more as one uh, goes through up to the, that fourth path of preparation. Uh, translators note, right before one has a direct perception of emptiness. So that's translators note. What is your number? Your number goes to you, Yama Madrubala. So in Kirjip's text on, um, uh, on the stages of the uh, path of preparation, it explains how first the lack of true establishment, you, you'll so it's higher, greater, higher forms of the uh, uh, insight relative to the lack of true establishment of uh, object and object possessor. So the, there, in, in the, this commentary, it explains what the different high topa, chewa, the greater, higher, these words are used as it increases through these stages. And anything I've omitted is my fault of not having the knowledge, so I'm sorry. Uh, but if you look into it, uh, you can probably find that in some commentaries. So, Adija, Kimishala Rachita, Junobaris, you never want to let me be Hadon to your Hadon Chabat Baba, Pigeon English, and you never want to let me be Hadon to the Chabat Baba Mesa. Shooting I, my, I'm very sorry. The one perspective is, uh, there's a ma, I omitted, that changed the meaning. Uh, one perspective here is the perspective, uh, the, the perspective of lack of, of, of true establishment of, of uh, object only, instead of object and object possessor. So, uh, um, uh, just going back now, um, the the stages, uh, um, it depend, see, it's dependent upon the, I understand now how I made the mistake, it's dependent upon the, the uh, tenet system. So because it's from one perspective, it's not seeing the, the complete 
view. So from one perspective, meaning the lack of, of uh, true establishment of the object um, uh, um, and not the object possessor, Yuchen Dema Madruba Yomare. Nicha Yomare. Okay. So not the so right. Yeah, so the not uh, the the uh, so only the perspective of the lack of true establishment of the object. Uh, I apologize. Not the object possessor. So the 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 one perspective, um, which I uh, mistook for the single pointed, is where it here is the meditative concentration. Uh, uh, that is the single-pointed concentration, and the one perspective is only the absence of the uh, um, uh, true establishment of the object, not the union of object and object possessor. Uh, so in this particular school, that is where the view ends. So uh, the one, that's the reason for the word one perspective, um, and I mistranslated it and started on it. I just want to go back and get it right now. So... Um, uh, and, and this abbot's name was Silara Sita. Silaraksita. 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 Silaraksita.是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，是的。是了，
he received for 12 years teachings on this. And this is a text that we don't, there is not in the Tibetan tradition. Um, uh, we have in the Tibetan tradition the Abhidharma Kosha uh, and the Abhidharma Samuchaya, uh, but not the uh, text, uh, which is this text called the um, Great Detailed uh, Explanation. Um, so uh, this uh, has uh, many different Shugu Mambo Yerebe, the Sheda. Mambo Many different, I said had a lot of pages, Rimache said maybe a hundred thousand. He's not really sure, it's not, he's not clear. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, so he spent, we can imagine, just to understand those 18 schools in, with clarity, uh, um, how much information can, it contains if it took Lord Atisha 12 years uh, to study it and, and gain an understanding of it. So within that, all of the different uh, um, uh, proponents of true existence and the Sarvias and the um, um, spiritual community upholders, uh, I'll just read them in Sanskrit. I don't know why they don't translate them in English, but the Mahasamgikas, the Sarvastivadans, the Sribaras, and the Samitayas. Um, so... Uh, these four uh, schools are explained in detail with all the differences and subtleties uh, in this text. Um, I actually did see a, a translator's note. If you get maps of the profound, they have the English equivalents uh, in there. Um, <laughs> So then it says, uh, though, through becoming very skilled in the texts uh, of the four uh, basic schools, he, became, uh, he came to know, according to the different schools, without confusion, even the finest details of what behavior should be adopted and what should be avoided in such rules of monastic discipline as those regarding how to give and receive things such as food. So he became a great scholar of all of the Buddhist tradition, um, and non-Buddhist traditions. Um, so he uh, came to understand um, all of the, the, these different um, philosophies and became a great scholar relative to all of the different topics that one could become a scholar in. What the long, long, uh, the uh, scriptural and realizational doctrines. Mm. So here he gained these excellent qualities of the scriptural knowledge, uh, of the truth of the scripture, 
through uh, these processes just explained of studying all the teachings of Sutra and Tantra and studying these uh, big, these large texts such as the Great Detailed Explanation and the Abhidharma Kosha and so forth. So he became very learned um, in all of the, the different um, um, collections of teachings of, uh, of Buddhism. So this is showing how he gained excellent qualities of scriptural knowledge. So, when we look at the scriptural doctrine, the scriptural truth, um, uh, we can see that the scriptural uh, scripture, uh, the doctrine uh, has uh, two components to it. One could be a listener, and that could be the scriptural doctrine one is receiving, but one could also be teaching, and that becomes the scriptural doctrine. Uh, so, uh, whether one is listening to or teaching any of the te any of the topics within Buddhism uh, or the four classes of Tantra, um, then uh, this falls into the category of the scriptural knowledge, um, and it amasses great amounts of virtue. Uh, it allows one to have happiness in this life, or experiences of happiness in this life, and experiences of happiness in future lives, allows one to achieve rebirth into the higher realms, allows one to achieve nirvana or liberation, and it allows one to achieve uh, unsurpassable, true, complete Buddhahood. Um, so we can see uh, um, the benefits, or, or the, the greatness and benefits of uh, this scriptural doctrine, um, and what the scriptural doctrine is, whether it's uh, being taught or listened to. Then a gari kebayomari, Jason. 
So the uh, um, there's the story of uh, Basu Bandhu um, and a pigeon who lived outside of Basu Bandhu's window. window. And every day Basu Bandhu would recite uh, the three baskets of scripture. He would recite the uh, three baskets of the Vinaya basket, the Sutra basket, and the Abhidharma basket. Um, and uh, in the morning time he would recite one basket, at lunch time he would recite one of the other baskets, and then at you know, night time uh, he would recite one of the other scriptural baskets. Uh, and this pigeon lived outside um, of his window and obviously had no understanding of the or uh, no idea what these words meant that were being recited. Um, um, but the pigeon couldn't stay there all the time. Uh, at lunchtime, he had to go out and find food, so he wasn't able to uh, be there for the event of the recitation um, of one of the baskets because it, one of the baskets was being recited at that time. Um, and then it is said that in the pigeon's next life, he became a, a, a great scholar and uh, actually surpassed uh, Basu Bandhu's um, knowledge of the Abhidharma. Um, and uh, um, and uh, he uh, um, uh, became renowned to be a holder of even more knowledge in that category. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, then Rinpoche said, and then... And, uh, Two of, the two of the baskets, and specifically because he became so famous for the Abhidharma, uh, he was very learned. Um, but one of the scriptural baskets he did not, uh, uh, was not very learned in, and it said it's because of not being present um, at the time when it was being recited by Basu Bandhu. So we can see uh, how powerful the Dharma uh, is that if the pigeon was able to, uh, just by hearing the words of it outside of a window, in his next life, uh, uh, achieve um, a higher amount of wisdom than the one who was reciting it. Um, uh, so uh, we see this story of the pigeon. And I was asking which basket he didn't know, and it's just uh, definitely Abhidharma and uh, another basket, and then one of the baskets not very famous or renowned for because of the uh, uh, not being present uh, for the recitation when he was a pigeon. So the pigeon died and then a small child was born. So then uh, he, when he was born, he asked his mother, where is my teacher? Uh, so then the mother brought the child to all of these different teachers and said, is this your teacher, is this your teacher, is this your teacher? And the child kept saying no, and then they got to Basubandhu's quarters uh, and asked, is this your teacher? And the child said, yes, this is my teacher. So then he became a student of uh, Basubandhu and became a scholar who was known to be greater than Basubandhu. So 
So when we look at the great benefits of the scriptural collection or the, uh, the scriptural doctrine, um, the great benefits come from uh, either teaching or list, uh, listening to uh, the, the scriptures which refer to the sutra teachings or the tantra uh, teachings. Uh, so, by listening to uh, these these teachings, uh, there is great benefit and great virtue. Uh, so, by listening to zimba or mawa or teaching uh, or expounding them, uh, so this is what is meant by the, the scriptural doctrine or scriptural knowledge. <laughs> So when we look at the realizational doctrine, um, uh, then this refers to the paths of the hearers, the paths of the solitary realizers, um, and the paths of the bodhisattvas. Um, and if it is uh, path, uh, it is so if it is uh, um, a path, it is necessarily um, realizational knowledge. Um, but if it is realizational knowledge, it is not necessarily path. So there are three permutations if we look at them uh, in that way. The two subjects, path um, and uh, realizational doctrine, there are three permutations. Um, so one thing I've, uh, so uh, when we look at the mantra and the sutra of the heart of transcendent knowledge, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasam Gate Bodhisoha, uh, um, this uh, refers to the different paths of uh, um, path of uh, accumulation, path of preparation, path of seeing, path of meditation, and path of no more learning. So the first gate is the path of accumulation. The second gate is the path of preparation. Paragate is the path of seeing. Parasam gate is the path of meditation. And uh, bodhisoha refers to the path of no more learning. So one thing I forgot from before. The second gate in that is the path that the uh, Lama who uh, gave uh, Atisha his ordination was on. Uh, so I forgot that from before. Rinpoche had said the mantra before and said that that second gate was where Sita was on. So those are necessarily paths when we say. So the paths of the hearers, the realizers, uh, solitary realizers and the bodhisattvas. Um, so the pa if it is path, it is necessarily realizational doctrine. <laughs> So 
gagner le combat. L'enjeu commence à que tu dis gagner le combat. L'enjeu commence à que tu dis gagner le combat. L'enjeu commence à and the highest higher training in wisdom uh, would fall into the realizational doctrine. And then if we go back, uh, well actually forward now, uh, to that the quote that we find in the sutra requested um, by Brahma, uh, where it says, uh, ethical discipline uh, uh, ethical discipline has six uh, branches. I'll just read it. Uh, concentration is the four blissful abodes the four aspects of the Four Noble Truths are always uh, pure, sublime wisdoms. So if we look at that, that's what that quote is referring to the three highest higher trainings. And then if we look at the category of ethical discipline, we'll find that we find within ethical discipline the various types of vows, the fully ordained monk's vows, or the, any among the individual liberation vows, or bodhisattva vows, or tantra vows, all of these vows would necessarily fall categorically under the heading of realizational doctrine, but not path. So therefore, this is uh, why um, it, we have realizational doctrine that is not path, uh, because of examples such as the vows and so forth, which fall into the three highest higher trainings, and the three highest higher trainings are necessarily realizational doctrine. Uh, just translators know when we said three permutations before, that which is path is necessarily realizational doctrine, but that which is realizational doctrine is not necessarily path. If you say show or posit something which is not path but is realizational doctrine, then you say vows. What to be temba tal happy lovers on the jade, to be temba condescending words, happy lovers on your lent, to be temba zimbers. ทุบิเตมบลฮอซุญยาเลนเดสฮอบะซุญจุติจิลบะญาซุเนติงเนจิลบะญาซุเนเชโรจิลบะญาซุเนบะยินาทุบิเตมบลเซมบะเดสรู
our school, as I said before, and, and non-Buddhist schools, um, uh, he, he became uh, um, learned in all of these key points of, of uh, Buddhism and non-Buddhist. So now we've arrived at, uh, engaged in proper practice, how he gained the good qualities <coughs> of, of experiential knowledge or realizational knowledge. So now we've already gone over uh, how Atisha gained his uh, scriptural uh, scriptural doctrine, or how he gained his scriptural knowledge of the three baskets. Um, and now uh, we'll show how engaging in proper practice he gained realizational doctrine, how he uh, kept the individual liberation vows very steadily, and the bodhisattva vows, and his tantric vows, so how he gained his, his actual realizations. So this is the part where uh, we get into that. Okay. So, if we look at, it just depends on which translator we're going to use. So, if we look at uh, um, script, there are two different, we, we know the Buddha turned the wheel of Dharma three different times. The first turning of the wheel of Dharma, the second turning of the wheel of Dharma, and the third turning of the wheel of Dharma. Within the turnings of the wheel of Dharma, there's the turning of the wheel of the realizational doctrine, or Dharma, and the turning of the wheel of the scriptural doctrine, or Dharma. Um, so, uh, there are these two different categories. Um, and if we uh, look in the Penchen Lam, Penchen Sanandrapa. So, if we look in the uh, collected works of. Uh, uh, Henshin Son Andrapa, we find that uh, he states that that which is the Buddhist speech is necessarily uh, uh, the, um, a scriptural uh, um, turning of the wheel, um, and that which is the scriptural turning of the wheel is necessarily the Buddhist speech. 
Um, so uh, they say that these are synonymous. The scriptural turning of the wheel and Buddha's speech are synonymous, according to Penchen Sanandrapa. Now there are, are many commentaries on the <coughs> scriptural turning of the wheel by the various Indian pandits, and those fall into the category of the Tanjur, uh, which are the commentaries. Now, according uh, to uh, um, uh, according to many scholars, the the commentaries fall under the scriptural truth, uh, not the uh, scriptural turning of the wheel, because the turning of the wheel refers specifically to Buddha. Um, so this then is called scriptural truth, or uh, scriptural maybe doctrine. It just depends on it's uh, denba. Uh, so it means truth, so scriptural uh, truth. So it's differentiated because it's not Buddha's speech specifically, it's a commentary on it. So we would say the, turning, the three turnings of the wheel of Dharma that have scriptural and realizational doctrine, the scriptural refers to that which Buddha spoke. Uh, so that's specific to Buddha's speech, um, uh, um, uh, the turning of the wheel of Dharma, uh, and then the others just fall under scriptural truth. Um, but fall under the scriptural doctrine, but if we, there are different categories if we get specific. Um, and then uh, there are realizational doctrines um, uh, then that uh, um, were, were, were also can be um, um, shown. And the, Buddha, the ones that Buddha has specifically shown, like the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find the mantra, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. This refers uh, to those realizational doctrines of the Buddha, uh, because this is something that the Buddha was specifically involved with. Uh, so the scriptural, uh, and translators know, look at the beginning of the Heart Sutra, it says, under the influence of the Buddha. So uh, the, this falls under the uh, realizational doctrines, the paths uh, um, contained within that mantra. Uh, so this is how we differentiate between uh, the turning of the wheel, uh, the scriptural turning, and the doctrinal uh, and the uh, realizational turning. Uh, it's really specifically about the, the Buddha specifically being involved if it refers to a turning. Okay. So Rimache is repeating my translator's note. He's saying the reason that this is a uh, scriptural uh, um, uh, uh, turning of the wheel is because it's Buddha's speech. Well, the Heart Sutra is Buddha's speech. Because. <laughs> So this is a scriptural turning of the wheel because it is Buddha's speech. So the twelve statements at the first turning of the wheel of Dharma uh, by the Buddha that were made in Varanasi about the four noble truths fall into the scriptural turning of the wheel. And we would say that the subject, uh, the Four Noble Truths, or the Twelve Statements made about the Four Noble Truths, are necessarily scriptural, uh, uh, um, uh, turning of the scriptural reel of doctrine because Buddha stated them. What does Jagu Pumbi the Lishishin do? Boom, Nietzsche, Jedon, what does the Jews, 
So then if we look at the uh, second turning of the wheel of Dharma in Rajagriha uh, um, uh, at Vulture Peak Mountain, and we would say the, the collections of the Perfection of Wisdom Sutras, such as the 100,000 verse Perfection Wisdom Sutra, the 80,000 verse, I'm sorry, the uh, 100,000 verse, the 20,000 verse, the 8,000 verse, and then the Heart Sutra, the, the subject those, the, the subject those um, are um, the uh, turning of the scriptural doctrine because they were spoken by the Buddha. So all, so if it is Buddha's speech, whether it is sutra or tantra, it is ne necessarily scriptural turning of the doctrine, turning of the wheel of dharma. If it is the scriptural turning of the wheel of dharma, it is necessarily Buddha's speech. So so the, all the commentaries we find in the Tanjir from the great masters such as Nagarjuna and so forth fall under the category of scriptural truth but not scriptural turning of the wheel. It's not a, um, um, uh, um, scriptural turning of the wheel because it's not Buddhist speech. It's, it is it uh, is um, uh, scriptural truth because it is that which was expounded by the Buddha. So this is what we would say. This is the connecting piece. So the tr difference between the uh, uh, scriptural turning of the wheel and the scriptural truth is that. That's the difference, differentiation. So when we look at the um, uh, scri uh, realizational uh, turning, of the wheel, uh, then we're talking about paths. And if we look at uh, realizational truth, then we would uh, be speaking of uh, the highest, higher trainings. Okay. So if it is a, a realizational turning of the Dharma, it is a, 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 a realizational truth. So if it is a, if it is a um, realizational truth, it is not necessarily a realizational turning of the doctrine. And then if someone says, posit that which is not, the answer would be the sho sena. The lay person's vow. This is a, a, a real, realizational truth. So it's what it says. We'll see what it is here, no? I says we don't have much more time. So now we're going to uh, have questions uh, and answers for a short period of time, which is uh, rare as a turtle popping its head through the yoke. So if you have a question, you might want to ask it. <laughs>
Heat. Okay, so the reason for the first being called heat um, is uh, it's like warmth. And the warmth here is uh, like uh, getting close to the wisdom realizing emptiness. Uh, so it's called heat because one is, is getting close to our warmth because the direct, percept, direct valid cognition of emptiness at the path of seeing is very close. So therefore it's called heat or warmth because that uh, realization, uh, direct realization, is very close. So this is the warmth. The warmth is the feeling the warmth of the real, realizing emptiness is, is, is very, very close. What is your long-term cause of the Duny Lemon? How don't you want this? How don't you want this? I know you're never shit on the words. So the one has a special insight which utilizes as its object of observation uh, um, emptiness, and this has the ability to uh, uh, um, abandon various afflictions. Then, heat. Peak. 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 ジョナサムニバジョナサムロワ。ジョナトサデテネギタワチアヨマです。ギタワデンジュンチルマです。ジョナトサムチス。ジェンティコンドバジガザチアニエラヨ。ガザメバチャンディア。ジョナトサムチ
Gateway itself has root virtues. They can't, can't decline, can't go away. Right, they can't diminish. The yeah, root yeah. virtues can't diminish or decline. So once one reaches this peak, one's root virtues, which are the antithesis of or the opposites of attachment, hatred, and ignorance, can't decline or can't be uh, uh, eradicated. Uh, so it's called peak for this reason. The next is uh, called patience, and one has to have the patience to persevere through. Uh, at one uh, patience here is referring to the patience of uh, persevering through the the dharma or through the, the practices. Um, and once one reaches this patient stage, then one no longer has the causes for re lower realm rebirth, or rebirth into the lower realm. So once one reaches the, the, the stage of, of patience, then the lower realm rebirth is no longer possible again, because the causes uh, for that production is, are no longer there. <laughs> So it says this in the Abhidharma Kosha that the, the causal factors for the arisal of lower realm rebirth are all abandoned at the path of uh, patience, on the path of preparation. But we can't say that the throwing karma, uh, which creates the lower realms, have, has been abandoned, um, because we, that doesn't happen until one reaches the path of seeing, and uh, specifically uh, the un uh, from the un un uninterrupted path to the path of release. The path of release is the release uh, from that throwing karma that one can... Uh, that what creates rebirth into the lower realms. So the, the causal factors for this are not present, according to the Abhidharma Kosha, uh, so these lower realms aren't produced, but the throwing karma isn't abandoned until the path of seeing. Okay, the fourth is called the last stage of mundane existence because it's the last uh, 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 worldly state or ordinary state. Um, it's the line of demarcation between superior and ordinary. Um, so it's called the last mundane state because uh, um, 
it's the last, it's the highest state, worldly state one can achieve. Mm. So, but there are some differences that you'll find in explanations on the, according to heat, peak, uh, so some commentaries talk about uh, achieving uh, the realization, uh, the special insight uh, relative to the object uh, at the, the heat and uh, peak stages and then the absence of uh, uh, I'm sorry, where did I go? I just, some books talk, some texts also talk about uh, the real, the special insight relative uh, to the absence of true establishment of the object at the, the path of heat and peak, and then the object possessor at the uh, stage of patience and last mundane state. So there's some other explanations that are given uh, as well, some different explanations. <laughs> Uh, so the gra there are also different types of grasping at true establishment. Rimache just listed them really quickly. I had never heard them. So I, I'm not going to be able to translate. So the grasping at the afflictions is having uh, true establishment. Uh, is the first type. Uh, okay, the next is uh, the grasping at virtue uh, as being truly established. Uh, substantial existence, grasping at uh, substantial at zeyoba, dayoba, grasping at substantial existence and inherent existence. Could <laughs> So we'll also find the explanations about the, the different paths, and again, this is all new information, so my error, it will be my error, not Rinpoche's on camera. There are the four um, uh, um, different graspings at true establishment, and there's commentaries that state that the grasping at the true establishment of the afflictions are abandoned at the path of heat, 
the grasping at the true establishment of the virtue is abandoned at peak, the grasping at true establishment of substantial existence is eradicated at patience, and the grasping at true establishment of uh, inherent existence is uh, uh, um, abandoned at the last mundane state. Um, but I'd like to look all of that up with the technical words, but uh, it should it's probably it should be it. So this is if this were to be debated that Dasidan the same meaning would one can say that the um the four stages of the uh, path of preparation serve as antidotes or opponent to the various graspings at true establishment um, because the, the, of the reasons given of the, uh, and I don't want to mistakenly translate this, so I'm going to defer, uh, but the, um, the, the different types of graspings at true establishment of various objects are eradicated through these different stages of the path of preparation. Uh, so this is the reason that we say that it, it as an antidote to the grasping at true establishment, because the various types of graspings are eradicated through its stages. I might even have a chart somewhere. So, so, so we, there's a lot to explain, so slowly we'll go through this. Uh, yeah, a lot to know, Mombushi. A lot to, to know. Yeah. So I think that's enough, no? Uh, so, uh, we'll do the concluding prayers, and uh, over the next week I'll go over some of that stuff and see if we can't get more clarity um, on the different stages. That's a seven-year course, right? Seven years, Parshin, in the monastery? Parshin, lo gatsu dun. Parshin, lo No, like it. Right. Yeah, And Parshin though is seven years. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. 
in the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, source of all happiness and help where beings is Tenzin Gyatso, Chen resident person. May his life be secure for hundreds of Kalpas. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Thank you.